everyone. Welcome to The Boot. That's right. It's The Boot. We're recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. This week, Ken and I are getting wicky-wicky wild with it as we talk about the 1999 Western disaster, Western flop, Wild Wild West, starring Will Smith, Kevin Kline, Selma Hayek, Ted Levine, and Kenneth Brana. You know what's actually better than this movie in its entirety is the Wild Wild West music video. If this movie was half as good as the Wild Wild West song or music video, yeah. it might have been a perfect movie. Because obviously after, well, okay, so I have a DVD of Will Smith music videos. <laughs> Stop the podcast. <laughs> End of episode. So... Obviously, as soon as this was over, I popped that baby in and put on Wild Wild West, you know, so I could watch it in, in quality. And there's a story. It's entertaining. Sure. The music is good. Alfonso Ribeiro is there. It's just it's just better. This, oh, absolutely. Because this movie is grade A garbage. This movie made me want to hang myself with a rubber rope. How nice of you to join us tonight and add color to these monochromatic proceedings. Well, when a fella comes back from the dead, I find that an occasion to stand up, be counted. Miss East informs me that you were expecting to see General McGrath here. Well, I knew him years ago, but I haven't seen him in a coon's age. Well, I can see where it'd be difficult for a man of your stature to keep in touch with even half the people you know. Well, perhaps the lovely Miss East will keep you from being a slave to your disappointment. Well, you know, beautiful women, they encourage you one minute and cut the legs out from under you the next. The uh, subtle to overt <laughs> racism in this movie is mwah, mwah, like a great Italian meal. It doesn't age well. <laughs> if you leave it out, it eventually stinks. <laughs> I'm Brian Flynn, and with me as always is Kenneth Trent. And if you're new to this podcast, Ken and I will be taking five characters from this horseshit of a movie <laughs> and recast it as if the movie was to be remade today. Kenna, why did we pick this movie? Was it just because we were feeling lazy and we just decided, you know what? Let's watch a stinker. I think this is a case where we had to sit through a terrible movie, but because it really should be remade. There's there's a good movie in here somewhere. There, it's not this movie. Sure. This was sort of like an excavation of bones of a good movie. Mm -hmm. And then we put it all together and you're just sort of like, why? Why did this happen? And it it really it really feels like a movie made by committee. And which it was. Which it was. And everyone who worked on this movie hates it. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to see how we would reboot this, if it would work for today. But before we do, as always, we're going to talk about some real reboot news. I guess I'll start it off with this Netflix announcement for Three Musketeers, which we did on episode 20. Yeah. Go check out episode 20. Get caught up. episode 21 about... Man in the Iron Mask. Which it's, is also about the Three Musketeers. Yes. So uh, Netflix is developing a modern Three Musketeers movie with writer Harrison Query. Query? Sure. Query? Madame Curie, Q-U-E-R-Y, who I looked up on IMDb and it sort of seems like Harrison's career is sort of taking off because I haven't heard of any of the projects that he is currently involved with, but they're all like in production. Mm. So I'm wondering if this is sort of like a new voice, a new writing We're going to see a lot of stuff in the coming years. Yeah. So um, it's a re modern retelling of the classic story about D'Artagnan, who wants to become a musketeer, uh, gets rejected, and then sort of gets... Tangled along with the three musketeers, Athos, Porthos, and Aramis on an adventure as described, quote, an adventure involving court intrigue and espionage. Now, uh, this is from blah, 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 blah. This is from The Hollywood Reporter that says that there are no details revealed, but it has been described as Mission Impossible in tone. Huh. Wait a second. Yeah. The – what year was that made? Tw 2011? Which was that the most recent Three Musketeers reboot? I believe so. The one with um, Luke Evans. Mm -hmm. Was that not essentially this? Because it was big. My ladies and I wanted to see the valiant musketeers who stood against the Cardinal's guards. Four against 40. Or was it 400? Just 40, Your Majesty. It was an off day. <laughs> That's my musketeers for you. By the time they write songs about them, it'll be 4,000. Because when you say Mission Impossible in tone, I'm like, yeah, 
I think we've already seen this movie. <laughs> we might have. But the, the modern take, I, I was wondering, like, what is the modern version of the Musketeers? Is it the CIA? Is it the, is well, it the Musca- Interpol? Is well, it- the Musketeers protected the king specifically, right? They were like mm-hmm. the king's guard. Secret service? I was just sort of wondering, like, how is this not Kingsman? There is a you're right. Kingsman has a sort of Three Musketeers quality because that's a that's a cool version of the Three Musketeers. If it Mm -hmm. is like the Kingsman, but we have Kingsman. Right. I mean, are we doing the same thing we always do where eventually the conversation is just why are we remaking anything? (laughs) Well, I was going to say I think the conversation leads to old treaded water of like. This is the old content war rearing its head. So Netflix is, you know, a burgeoning studio. They need to own their own shit, right? Yeah. So they're taking a free intellectual property. They're going to gloss it up. Mm -hmm. And so they don't need Kingsman. They don't need to pay Fox for Kingsman because they're going to make Three Musketeers. But no one wants to listen to content wars. No one gives a shit. Everyone's like, wow, they're remaking it. So – yeah, so all you uh, Three Musketeers fans, all you D'Artagnan heads. <laughs> Keep on the lookout. Keep on the lookout. Keep renewing that Netflix subscription. Um, We've spent way too yeah, long yeah, yeah, on Three yeah. Musketeers. <laughs> Let's get into this reboot. Let's talk about the Wild Wild West. Is it the Wild Wild West or is it just Wild Wild West? I think it's just Wild Wild West. Okay. Guys, this is our reboot of Wild Wild West. First of all, I would like to reiterate that you make one ugly woman. Secondly, while you were out here hopping and reeling, I found out that our host, Dr. Loveless, is meeting with Wrath and his troops at Malroe Point in an hour. You go right ahead. You enjoy the party. I'm going to save the Republic. By the way, boobies look great tonight. Nice and perky. (gasps) Hang him! Looks like we need to teach you all a little lesson about how to behave in polite society. Never drum on a white lady's boobies at a big redneck dance. Got it. Wild Wild West, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, winner of not one, not two, not three, but four Razzies. This movie stars Will Smith as James West, Kevin Klein as Artemis Gordon, Selma Hayek as Rita Escobar, Ted Levine as General Bloodbath McGrath, and Kenneth Branagh as Dr. Arliss Loveless. Barry Sonnefeld directed Men in Black and The Addams Family. Um, this movie is just a catastrophe. And I guess the the show it's based off of, like the, the show in the – was it the 70s, I believe? The mm-hmm. 60s or 70s? 60s or 70s. It was supposed to be a, a remedy to people s- slowly waning off the Western genre yeah. in favor of the spy genre. Yeah. So the idea is that like what would spies be like in a Western – on paper, kind of makes like a fun conceit, right? Yeah. And then it just – it it went from like an earlier draft of being like a very serious espionage movie to being this. Yeah. Also, Will Smith gave up The Matrix to make this movie. It apparently was his worst career decision he's ever made. Everyone who's worked on this, Kevin Klein famously declared that he was too good to be in this movie. I mean, he is too good to be in this movie. Selma Hayek loathes being in this movie. The, The director absolutely loathed making this movie. And it was just like, well, why, why keep going? It's, it, it was sort of, this is, was this the fire festival of movies? <laughs> Okay, here's the sad thing about this movie is that there were parts that I r- thought were really funny and that made me mad. Like – Mad that you laughed at it? Yeah. Because like there's a part right after this where they put him on the thing and they're about to hang him and he's just mm-hmm. like talking. And at one point he says something like, where I come from? And someone's like, Alabama? And he's like, no, Africa. <laughs> I laughed. And I was like, that's really funny. And uh, it's just sad because – Mostly it's the – well, OK. When they wrote this movie, there was a version of this movie that was less comedic mm-hmm. but not in a way that seemed very clear. Right. And so they decided that they need to do a more punched up version with more comedy. Yeah. And so I imagine that much of the overtly sexual dialogue and jokes were added in. Yeah. Because I think that is a totally different writer coming in and being like – 
I know what we're going to do. And none of it sits in the story well. It's all super rapey and It's all boobs and butts. Weird. Every joke is like boobs and butts. It's like the movie was like written for 15-year-old boys, but that's not who the audience of the movie is. Yeah. It was strange. So every everyone was going to be disappointed watching this. All right. Well, I guess we'll <laughs> I guess we'll get into it. This like this this movie is so bad. Like I wrote this movie, I wrote this note down, and I just wrote, "Why isn't this movie over? Like why hasn't this movie stopped? It should have been stopped way before it even was filmed, but it just kept going. It there's kept going this, for like, 2 hours." <clears throat> there's this um common phrase in hollywood that says no one starts out to make a bad movie yeah meaning nobody makes a movie assuming it's not gonna do well right but i mean in this case someone had to know right everyone had to know and so it's such it's just such a shame that nobody did anything about it (laughs) i picked a fucking cast for this movie. Listen, I really swung for the fences. <laughs> partially because halfway through this movie, I got I it like lit a fire in me. I was like, you know what? There's a good movie here, and I'm determined to make this movie better. Okay, let me ask you this then. What was your vision for the Wild Wild West remake? Because my vision really informed who I picked. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious how you came about it because I when I first read that like they wanted to make a very kind of cool, taut political espionage western. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I I'm gonna go down the sort of political thriller route. Oh, I think that I see Wild Wild West as a comedy, mm-hmm. but maybe more in the vein of a better version of like, because I think what's closer in tone to maybe what this should have been was. Also, Disaster, The Lone Ranger mm-hmm. that came out just a few years ago. That's actually a little closer to, to I think, what we would have liked to have seen. And yeah. that it's just a little more of a subtle adventure comedy. But set apart because it's not just about cowboys or rustling and riding, you yeah. know. It's about a lawman and a scientist who come together to solve a big you know, conspiracy Western problem at at behest of President Ulysses S. Grant. Yes, also played by, by Kevin, Kevin Klein. <laughs> Gentlemen, America's top scientists in the fields of physics, hydraulics, explosives, all kidnapped in the last year, and all by General McGrath. It now appears you two have been working on the same case the whole time. Why did it take you so long to figure it out? Well, sir, because one of us was trying to catch McGrath, and the other was trying to marry him. Who you know was just like. Oh, there's a president role, huh? What if this mo- <laughs> He said, I can't, it's in my contract. I have to play a president. <laughs> what if this movie was like, Kevin Klein was like Eddie Murphy and played like seven different roles? He just clumps it. <laughs> I would love it. Of course I would love it. It, was, it, would, be, it would be fantastic. Do you want to go first? Should I go first? Um, I'll go first. Okay, it's going to be crazy. Let's so go. Buckle up. Um. <laughs> Here's the problem, though, that I faced when I was like, okay, I want this to be an action-y, adventure-y movie, is is now I was like, crap, every time I decide that about something, I'm like, those movies don't get made anymore. So who are our Will Smiths? Who are the people who do action-adventure movies like this? Because we have, like, action stars. But who are our, like, fun, accessible – like, you can't put Tom Cruise in something like this. No. He doesn't have a sense of humor. Sure, he'll break his leg for you, but the man can't do a movie like this. So because this actor is, uh, by all accounts, no longer going to be a part of um, the huge franchise he's in now, and we'll be looking for some uh, fun, family-friendly content to be a part of, Uh I think Chris Evans should be Jim West. Oh, if he doesn't retire. Yeah, he's not going to retire. I mean, Uh he, he might decide to become a filmmaker. Yeah. Whatever that means. Okay. Yeah. You know, what's funny. Like I did a lot of research on like the original show because I was like, what is this source material? Like what is this source Mm -hmm. material based on? And I guess like Jim West is supposed to be this like really like serious kind of gunslinger type, Mm -hmm. which is not what Will Smith plays at all. Because that's not who Will Smith is is as an actor. And like in the trivia there, like Will Smith like apologized to 
the original actor whose yep. name is what's it? well they wanted him to do a cameo and he read the script and was like hell no robert conrad mm. yeah so like will smith like apologized to robert conrad robert conrad actually accepted the the razzie for worst picture <laughs> that's how much he hated this and so it was <laughs> like if you're gonna remake this movie it, it, I, I don't know i think chris evans is very well liked Obviously has experience in doing these big blockbuster action movies while also having like really funny, genuinely funny moments that aren't very – that aren't like Will Smith-esque. Like not to besmirch Will Smith. Like we all love Will Smith. Like he was the king of movies for so long. Yeah, truly. It's not Will Smith's fault. But I don't think this character or this movie deserves the sort of cheekiness that Will Smith brings. No. Especially because Artemis Gordon is sort of also brought in as this like – sort of wacky inventor and so yeah. they're playing off of each other in a way that it's not it doesn't mesh well right they're butting heads like nobody is there's no straight man that night at fat cans it wasn't a difficult task to see that you weren't a woman i was propositioned by three men you looked nasty just butt ugly i mean your breasts were hard and stiff and sticking out like a couple of rusty cannons on a sunken ship. These breasts are a work of art. Aesthetically and scientifically perfect. They look like shit. Touch them. I'm not touching those things. What are you afraid you're wrong? Touch my breasts. Everybody is doing the most. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's absolutely true. Like, nobody, like, the universe is so bananas Mm-hmm. that n- it just lifts off the ground and there's nothing to tether it to because on top of reality on top of the sort of wacky comedy that's happening we're in like a steampunk old west yes. universe yes even though i will say that loveless is like steam powered <laughs> wheelchair makes me laugh and i don't know why because i'm just like that's genius it's, it's like it's got a little weird. like steam engine. On I think it. it's just it. That's the other thing is that like they were trying to do, like they're trying to make this menacing villain. We'll get into this, but it's like well they're trying to make a menacing villain, and then they put him in this ridiculous steam powered whirly wheel chair that allows him to do three sixty yeah. like spins at will. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. So okay, Chris Evans. I I like Chris Evans. I think that's a great pick, especially like it would be kind of cool to see him in a western. He kind of has like a classic look to him, and I do think that he's a good actor given material. Like uh, the like all these Marvel movies are just mm-hmm. like on TV now on like cable TV because they're they're trying to get you to watch before the new yep. Avengers movie. And I caught a little bit of uh, Winter Soldier. And I was just like, man, this is a really well made movie and what really well acted movie, uh, especially on Evans and Johansson's part. Like they really kind of sell. This I'll go story. on record as saying because I've said before that I don't I don't love a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of over it. Captain America Winter Soldier is such a great action movie. It's really cool. Just on surface. There are like sequences of that movie that I can't believe exist. Yeah. It's it it transcends oh. the genre. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's the oh, Dark Knight of Marvel. Let's <laughs> let's do this. Tell me you're Jim West, and then maybe we can come to a consensus oh about how we can make this character better. Okay, so I I'm going to tell you I went towards a more serious kind of maybe maybe I did this wrong, but like a Tinker Tailor Soldier spy <laughs> version of Wild Wild West. Did you guess Benedict Cumberbatch? <laughs> James West. <laughs> Here's the other thing. I also thought it was really important to keep James West African American because mm-hmm. I d- there's a very there's a lack of African American Western heroes mm-hmm. other than like Django. Mm-hmm. I, so I was like, I think it would be really cool to keep this character African American or, or make this performer act- African American. And I'm going to tell you who I picked, and then I'm going to explain how I got to this pick okay. and and why where I think this movie can live at least for this character. Okay. I picked a two-time Academy (laughs) Award winner, Mahershala Ali. Oh, wow. Okay, so Jim West has no story about who he is. Like, other than – someone was telling – I think this was on a how you get – how did this get made? But the idea, like – I think this was for, like, Star Wars of Phantom Menace. Like, without describing anyone's name or their job, tell me what their character is. And so I was thinking about that, about Jim West. I was like, without his job or his name, who is he? And he's just Will Smith, right? Yeah. So there's a moment in the movie where you realize that James West's family was killed 
by this weird tank that Dr. Loveless had built. Yeah. So that the reason he's trying to find um, Loveless and McGrath is to avenge his family's death, which we don't get until an hour into this yeah. movie. How is it you know so much about the desert, anyway? I lived out here as a boy. I was raised by the Indians. So how did your parents, who I assume were Negro, feel about you being raised by Indians? Well, they didn't have too much to say about it. I was sent to another plantation when I was a boy. Ran away as soon as my legs were strong enough to take me. Did you ever see your family again? Yeah, they were at the camp at New Liberty. I'll help you get him, Jim. So in my head, it's like, if I'm going to remake this movie to be a little more political action thriller, mm -hmm. I think you're going to meet James West as a kid when his parents are fucking murdered. Like, sort of, you need a little Batman, like, I was gonna say, origin story you here. Want, you want the first five minutes of Wild Wild West to be like the first four minutes of Face Off, where <laughs> we see Nicolas Cage murder a child. <clears throat> yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. And then we're on board. Sort of a mix between Face Off and Saving Private Ryan. Like, just like pure <laughs> carnage is about. So the, you know that James West is a serious man right after somebody also like making a comedy that's based just sort of around the civil war in general is super tone deaf yes like truly one of the most disgusting eras of our country's <laughs> history is no place to have fun like you didn't like you didn't have fun it, in the lynching scene like this movie has like movies like this have to be cold mountain they just have to be like i just want to hurt at the end of it and yeah. that's it i think that's where i went i was like let's just do a no country for old men wild wild lusts <laughs> <laughs> like if the coen brothers made this movie honestly not a bad idea not a bad idea right that's not a bad idea okay uh let's let's move on to artemis gordon played by kevin klein who was amazing in this movie and i really am shocked at how bad the comedic timing was in the i couldn't tell if it was the editing the directing the music the pacing of this movie was so off it was slow it was aimless it must have been the editing because so much of this was sort of cut into the original story yeah there must have been stuff that they just had to piece together because there are scenes where you're like why doesn't this work weren't they wasn't this just happening there's no way there's it's no like, way it's like punchlines come two seconds too late yeah and it's like who is looking at this who is watching this but also with all respect to kevin klein who is great yeah the 90s were weird and they just like teamed anyone up <laughs> like in in the sense, like I said, with Men, Men in Black, it's weird that that movie stars Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. Yeah. On the If you just looked at it and you had never seen Men in Black, you'd be like, that's weird that these two people are co-starring in this movie. It works. In this case, I feel like if you look at it on paper, you're like, oh, this movie stars Kevin Klein and Will Smith. That's weird. And it doesn't work. But I don't think it's their fault. No, no it's not the individual actor's fault. But OK, it's your turn. Okay, so again, <clears throat> going off my very serious actor pick for my James West, uh -huh. I wanted to pair him with an actor who could – it's sort of like you're saying like there's no one to ground Will Smith as yeah. like the – like unless Will Smith is supposed to be the grounded one, but he's not really. Mm -mm. So in my version of James West, who's sort of more of a like a lawman who will probably shoot first, kind of like a dirty hairy type. Mm-hmm. Then Artemis has to be, you know, a very calculating, proper kind of scientist type who's probably averse to violence. Not unlike Kevin Klein's version, but he mm -hmm. he's really like he's poetic about it. I think that hurt mm -hmm. this movie in a lot of ways. Guns. I find them so primitive and completely unnecessary if one's done one's proper planning. I must tell you, Mr. West, I have always felt that allowing any situation to degenerate into physical violence constitutes a failure on my part. Well then, Mr. Gordon, you fail. I ended up picking Charlie Cox, the star of Daredevil, mm. who I think is a great actor and I really love him in Daredevil. But I think he's been like – I think he's been stuck in that show for a while. Like I wish he was in more – like he could have been in fucking – he could have been in The Post. You know what I mean? Like he could have been in the uh, – is it The Intimidation Game? The Imitation Game? The Imitation Game. <laughs> 
He could have been in the imitation. I game, would love you know a mean? version of that movie though. That's called the intimidation game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he should be in these like really, pres- he could, he could find a place in like a prestige drama somewhere. Well, and I feel like he's, he- he'll have the chance now, right? Daredevil's yeah, Daredevil's yeah, gone. gone. But I just, I just like the pair of like. Interesting. It's just, it's a very serious version of this. This is a very serious version. This is a very serious man. Um. Okay. Yeah. I. I can't. I. There was a time when I think I almost thought I would watch Daredevil because people were just like, "It's great. He's great." And then I didn't. So I don't think I've seen him in anything. You Even seen- though I feel like he's, I feel like. He probably did a stint on like Downton Abbey as someone. He was on Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. And then did you ever see the movie Stardust? He was pretty good in that. Yeah, actually. He was like the lead guy in that. Oh, I really liked Stardust. Yeah. That's a cute movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know him super well, but your, your version is shaping up to be very serious. Like, I don't think I'm going to have Charlie Cox run around, like, I don't think the scene with fake boobs is going to be in the version no. that I'm no. pitching right now. N- you're, there's not going to be a magnet scene. No. In yours. There's, there's no time for that in no. yours. It's, it's probably going to be all real chemistry and like lock picking or detective work or whatever. <laughs> I was going to say yours is more like a Sherlock Holmesy type, yeah. but I don't even know if it's that. It's more serious than that because Sherlock Holmes is a little cheeky. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that. Mahershala like, Ali doesn't have time for that. Mahershala Ali does definitely does not have time for comedy, although he, he does have time for Alita Battle Angel, which was. Oh, I, I told you that I told you that I, I accidentally supported a. You went alt-right. to see it on the worst day possible. <laughs> I have A-list. Okay. Well, I mean, you also went to see Captain Marvel. <clears throat> oh, so. for sure. I saw Captain Marvel twice. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, you went to see it twice because you had to prove you're not a right. misogynist. Um, okay, so I think I went uh, in a sort of direction where I want – I love Chris Evans and I think I think he can be a funny guy, but I want him to play more of a straight man. Yeah. Because I think it works more if he's the one who has a bone to pick with Loveless and so for my Gordon, I wanted I wanted this actor to be a little funnier and just a little quirkier mm-hmm. because West is serious and guns and Gordon is the path of of nonviolence and using your brain. Um, and when they get together. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, so I picked for my Artemis Gordon, John David Washington. Mm hmm. And I like him for this because I just kept thinking about how much I have been praising the subtle comedy of Black Klansmen and how much I laughed at stuff that he would do specifically because it was – there was something about his delivery. There was something about his his mannerisms. There was something like small that he would do that I was like, it's not even funny, but I'm laughing. And so I was like, I want that. I want him to be the guy who I'm fine if the biggest conceit in my version of Wild Wild West is that every single joke is Gordon saying, I have a gadget that will solve our problem. Take this. Use it. For this scenario, it'll be great. And Wes just says, no, we don't need (laughs) science. I just need a gun. And then in the middle of this, like, scenario, every time he meets up with a bad guy, it turns out that, oh, this machine just would have done it the whole time. Like, I'm fine if that's the joke throughout the whole movie. Because if you have good actors, you can play the same joke over and over and they're going to do it really interestingly and very funny. Sure. And so that's the team I think I see them being sure. is him constantly being like, you know what? You don't got to just use your guns for this. Use your brain. My new invention. I call it the bivalve interior combustion, twice exhausted, by axle nitrocycle. Save it. Got a train to catch. Yeah! Not if I catch it first. Avanti! And then in the end, James West is like, I am going to use the gadget, but let me cross-dress first <laughs> in a very extremely racist Persian dress. Oh, my god! He enters this place. So it's like the bad guy has just revealed that he's going to, like, tear up America by holding the president hostage, yeah. sell it off piece by piece. Which do you think that's possible? Like now? Oh. Do you think we could do that? 
I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe Wild Wild West <laughs> like is, the we- <laughs> is the salvation that our country needs. Like if someone just kidnapped the president and was like, look. This is we're going to give him a state. We'll call it Trump land. And then if we can all just agree to call everything else America, just give them Wyoming. Who wants to sacrifice their state? But like North Dakota. But like this movie is so stupid. Like, do we not realize that that's what the vice president is for? (laughs) That if you take the president, it doesn't fucking matter because he'll just like leave the office and we become a citizen again. And then the vice president who's not kidnapped is the president. Like, it completely defied logic to me that that's what they were going to do. They're like, oh, we're going to kidnap the president. Who gives a shit? Like, he's just a guy. He's not a king. He's not a he's not a sure. sultan. He's just a fucking guy. And it drove me crazy. Yeah. like if- Not as bad as Will Smith in drag doing a belly dance. To- <laughs> Which he just appears he in just the middle appears, of this meeting. And then Kenneth Branagh is like, oh, shit. Forget my meeting. I have to, like, get aroused, even though I no longer have sexual organs, <laughs> to a man in drag in front of the entire, like, delegations of the United Kingdom, France, and and Mexico and be the, like, oh, boy. The climax of this movie is built upon the idea that it doesn't matter if there are literally no reproductive organs present whatsoever <laughs> – a man can be so horny that he will stop his life's mission <laughs> to get at that. A new girl. Well, what a nice surprise. Oh! Who did this? I don't know. Who did this? There's so many instances in this movie where men are dressed as women and other men are like, oh my God. Like, McGrath kills another man for Kevin Klein in drag. Yeah. What the fuck is happening in this movie? And then at the party, Will Smith thinks that an actual woman is is Gordon and is like, by the way, you're ugly. Also, (laughs) she goes, okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you kidnapped Grant... Skylar Colfax would just <laughs> would be the president or Henry Wilson, depending on what year it is. OK, um, I love John David Washington. He's amazing. Tremendous actor. I'm on board. OK, let's let's move on to Rita. Rita Escobar, played by Selma Hayek. This poor character, this poor character. OK, I have a pitch because here's the here. Honestly, is Step number one to make this movie better is just give Rita something to do. Absolutely. Give her anything to do. My pitch would be, because at the end, a really a really kind of fun and interesting turn is that she reveals that this person she kept telling them was her dad is actually her husband because she's been using her body to, you know, mm-hmm. convince men to help her, which ladies at that time just... Nobody's holding it against you. Um, and I was like, you know what? It would be fun if we saw more of that, more of her like intrigue mm-hmm. in the middle as much as we're like having fun with it at the end being like, see you guys. Thanks for helping me do this. It would be interesting if it's revealed shortly a after us meeting her that she works for like a government agency mm. in like Mexico. Mm. And so she's there to help save the a Mexican scientist that they have kidnapped to help build. I don't even know. There's (laughs) whatever. But let's just give her a job. Yeah. Make, give her a mission other than like for them to reveal at the very end that she, anyway, there's just so much more of a role for her to play. I agree. There's, they, they set up this character as like, she is a quote unquote entertainer. She's not a hooker. Yeah. She's not a sex worker. She's not a burlesque dancer. She's quote unquote an entertainer. She's not exactly sleeping with people, but she's running around in a lot of these like skimpy outfits. And then she like uses her wiles to get on the wanderer and like to try and save a person who we find out is her her husband. And I agree that that's not a lot of stuff like Mm -mm. she's just constantly getting kidnapped from one thing to another thing back to another thing like it's like if she this is what drove me crazy like if she's trying to find her husband and loveless has her husband why would she ever go yeah with james and artemis i know why those foreign guys were at loveless's party 
foreign ministers. They were mad about something, you know, like um, there was some real bad deal in Louisiana on purpose. Louisiana Purchase. Mm -hmm. And Queen Somebody Somebody of France got swindled. Queen Isabella of Spain. It's so interesting because when Gordon finds her in Loveless's like sex weird thing. Yeah, whatever. She is asking him to like get her out of the cage. Why is she even in the cage? It's <laughs> like they br- like the scene is like these women, these three women who work for Loveless, mm-hmm. who have the worst fucking names. Miss East, Munisha, and oh, get, get ready for it, guys. Miss Lippin Reader, who does what? She read reads lips. lips. She reads lips. They bring her in. They're like, how? Like, and Rita's like, I didn't, I'm, I didn't agree to do this like sexual thing. And they're like, well, then get in this fucking cage. It's like, why? And then everyone leaves the party. Like they leave Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So what? She's just going to be left in this house with no food or water. What? What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? And is it before? Is it before that he goes to look in the basement? Because she's like, oh, they're yes. all in the basement. He goes to the basement first, which we never fucking see in this movie. Yeah. To and discover so, what? And it make, here's the thing that would make sense is he goes and he finds her there because he's like looking for something else. And she's like, oh, you're looking for the scientist? They're in the basement. Let me out and I'll help you find them. Truly, it's like storytelling 101. Oh, my God. And I don't understand how this happens. We have to get to the pics and I don't know if this story is going to make it. So I have a I have a Dana anecdote about this movie. Uh-oh. She, I was watching this movie. She came in halfway. She wasn't paying attention. She was mm-hmm. doing her, her New York Times crossword on her phone. And at the very end, when Selma Hayek reveals that Dr. Escobar is her husband, not her father, Dana just slowly looks up at the TV and just goes, that tramping cunt. <laughs> because she was playing them? <laughs> I'll like, say this about <laughs> – and you said – Strong words. I'll say this, though, about characters like this, because I feel like I say I would tell people all the time in the height of Mad Men that um, my favorite character was Joan. And I feel like people would always be like, why, though? Because like she's like she is the one character that I think we're supposed to feel the most sympathy for because she gets caught up in all these circumstances in which she just like has Mm -hmm. to play along and it's only hurting her. But I was like, listen. This woman who knows exactly how men see her. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of ways in which she does things that like at the time she doesn't entirely know aren't going to be in the in her best interest. But I don't blame her for doing that because I think it's just majorly self-aware to be like, this is how men see me. And I live in a time where I just kind of have to go with that. And so y'all yeah, volunteer to sleep with the Jaguar guy. Like if in your twisted mind, that's going to help you respect me. I'm going to do it because mm-hmm. that's the kind of person I am. And I see Rita's kind of the same way. Yeah, she was just like, I'm going to do whatever I got to do. Cause this man is my husband and he would do the same thing for me. I mean, he wouldn't cause he was much older, but <laughs> um, we should have just, completely gender swapped this movie oh that's not too late (laughs) no no no. i definitely picked a woman to play rita um okay so i went with diane guerrero of orange is the new black and now she's on a thing called doom patrol i Mm -hmm. think which i hear is awesome which i don't know how you watch don't even get me started about how there's too many of these things right um anyway I really like her for this because I think she is uh, charismatic and super funny and also is just a very interesting person Mm. to read about. Um, But I think in a world where we create a much more fleshed out, no pun intended, Rita, she would make it a lot of fun for us to watch her sort of be the person acting behind the scenes um, it, helping these sort of like two clumsy men who are trying to work together make things happen. The girls at the mansion, you know, they talk. I wonder if my hair will get frizzy in the desert. Where is this Utah anyway? I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I haven't seen Orange is the New Black in a long time, but I, remembering her characters, like I think this is a really fun pick, especially since yours is more of the action 
comedy. Like it's not a straight comedy, but it's like mm-hmm. it still has a lot of lightheartedness to it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think this is a great pick. I really want to watch Doom Patrol. Everyone keeps talking about it. It's apparently like it's everything Umbrella Academy wanted to be. Oh. It's like weird and like crazy and like it's got Brendan Fraser. It's got Brendan Fraser in it. Um, so yeah, I think this is great. I'm interested in how you how what you're gonna say about my pick for Rita, um, m- my super serious version of oh. this movie. <laughs> um, I ended up going with oh god, how do I pronounce her name? Isa E I Z A Gonzalez. Isa Gonzalez. Isa Gonzalez, who was in Baby Driver. Um, which is the only thing I know her from. Uh, Isn't she in the From Dusk Till Dawn TV series? Yes, which I did not watch. She he, She's in Welcome to Marwin. Mm. <laughs> she was in Alita Battle Angel. One. She was in Alita Battle Angel. What oh. a trash movie that was. Okay. Um, but, you didn't notice? Well, everyone is so CGI'd, it's hard to tell like, oh. who's who. In my take on this movie, that aspect of like having a beautiful woman around I think what you said about, like, the intrigue of her, I think that's sort of where I landed. It's like this woman who's trying to save her husband's life mm-hmm. using whatever means she can to get to him makes her a more formidable person than just sort of Selma Hayek's, like, fake damsel kind of move, which yeah. is really strange. Like, so was her plan to just, like, luck her way bass backwards into this fucking situation until she found her husband? I think I think that's what we're supposed to believe. Yeah, that doesn't work. So I went with an actress who I thought could play more of the femme fatale. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like it as more of a ploy of like in a time where like truly women are only valued for the way they look or how they can reproduce. Like <laughs> it's it would be way more fascinating to, I think, have that shift in the movie where we're like, oh, she's been behind this the whole time. Yeah. Like, speaking of, like, a spy double cross, like, yeah. for it to be revealed that, like, <laughs> as much as it sort of seems like, why is this woman just around all the time? It's like, oh, it's because she has been executing her own mission. Yeah. And then it's exciting to have her around because it's, like, another uh, resourceful spy type to help them, like, succeed. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on. Let's move on to general... Bloodbath McGrath, played by Ted Levine. I was just so happy that Ted Levine was in this movie. It started, I was like, oh my God, Ted Levine's in this fucking movie. Yes. Buffalo Bill is in this movie. Yeah. It's going to be great. And then- Is that how you felt at the start of every episode of Monk? Was he in Monk? Yeah. Oh, Shaloub and Ted Levine. Yeah, I'm watching Monk. And during every opening credits, you said, oh, thank God. Thank God Ted Levine's in the movie. Thank God we have Ted Levine every week on the the USA Network. (laughs) Like this movie- is so bad. His character is just everyone is so cartoonish. I don't yeah. know how to like. I mean, he literally has a like sonogram, little like little horn, horn thing attached to his head. Someone designed that and was just like, "This is this is brilliant. awesome." <laughs> they thought this is awesome. What a what a character. This we're character design. So if you're going to make a villain based off a Confederate general right Mm -hmm. um i think he should be someone who is like really imposing Mm -hmm. someone who has a military mind someone that you you know has spent his life like in a war and you know they believe certain things and to tie it to the whole origin of james west like mcgrath is linked to him so he probably would be maybe a little bit older than say ted levine was ted levine was 42 Mm -hmm. will smith was 31 well everybody Back in those days, everybody, like, joined the military at 13 and a half. Okay, so so maybe the age doesn't matter. But I ended up picking Stephen Lang, who um, was in My Most Beloved Tombstone. Oh, that's right. But he's also in the – he's also in Avatar. So he's right. Oh, um, right. um, What's the horror movie that he's in? Don't Um, Breathe. Don't Breathe, you know? So I just thought of him as just, like, the wild general who who would do anything to see the Confederate rise again – Who's sort of James's white whale, you know, mm-hmm. like he's the, this is the guy that I have to yeah. fucking kill. Which I will say that, that I think this is a somewhat effective thing that the movie does, if I'm allowed to say that, because honestly, nothing about this movie works. Absolutely nothing. Um, but it is kind of a fun note that 
West is going after McGrath because he's like, McGrath is the one who murdered my family. And so halfway through the movie, when McGrath is killed by Loveless, spoiler alert, don't even watch this movie. (laughs) And you find out that it's Loveless who was behind this whole thing. And so West really just should have been after him. It's kind of this interesting turn of like, okay, here's this man that we thought was supposed to be like the most intimidating figure in the movie. And in the reveal of the much bigger villain, I think – that actually does work because yeah. we see we see his fall and we're like, oh. Yeah. You sawed off sadistic bastard, you betrayed us! My dear General, having donated half of my physical being to create a weapon capable of doing this, how did you and General Lee repay my loyalty? You surrendered at Appomattox. So who betrayed whom? You go straight to hell, sir! After you, sir. <laughs> That was a weird moment when McGrath shows, like, humanity. So there's a bunch of Confederates hanging out, and McGrath thinks that Loveless is going to lead them to, like, he's going to give orders to these soldiers. They're going to, like, attack some union or or United States thing. Yeah, the war's war's over. (laughs) The war's over. There's no real, like, plan. And then Loveless shows up with this, like, tank, which... uh, hadn't been invented yet um and like kills all these confederate soldiers and loveless i mean and then mcgrath somehow has like all this compassion for his men i was kind of like this is strange like it's a weird i guess it makes sense when when i talk it out that he would like like the lives of his men affect him but here's but the- then he what he does is he draws his gun so fucking slowly <laughs> But I think the problem, though, is that he's so Looney Tunes through the yeah. first half of the movie that you're like, where where was – where's this coming from? So I think Stephen Lang is a great choice for ultra serious Wild Wild West. Yeah. In my version, I do think that having two wacky villains doesn't work. Yeah. Loveless is the crazy one. So I think McGrath should just be ultra violent. Mm. Like he's the one who I think we should hate and we should be fine with the fact that he gets double crossed by Loveless. But he doesn't need to be like weird. Yeah. So I picked Timothy Oliphant. Ooh. Who is also, you know, iconic in the Western world. For, justified? For Justified and Deadwood. Oh, yeah. Um, But who I just think is a really fun actor to watch. Like, I don't know who's still watching the Santa Clarita Diet other than me, <laughs> but I love that show. I think he is so funny in it. And yeah, I would just love to see him do something very like do it HBO and just be like super serious. Yeah. Sort of the sort of the sociopath cowboy. Yeah. yeah. I love that pick. I love Timothy Oliphant. Has he played a villain before? I'm trying to pinpoint if I've seen him kind Wasn't of Wasn't he a villain in like a Die Hard? He was the fourth Die Hard with yeah, Justin the Long. Justin Long Die Hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I like this pick and I like the idea of just sort of having Yeah. you know, kind of the the sociopath bad guy versus the the more mentally cuckoo clock bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, great choice. Shall Thank we move you. on to Doctor Arliss Loveless, played by played loosely by Kenneth Branagh? There's not enough time in the world not to enough. talk about this character. Um, Branagh's accent in this movie, I realized it. I was like, what does he sound like? He sounds like the principal from Forrest Gump. Is there um, a Mister Gump? <laughs> Mrs. Gump. I'm just like that. That's exactly what he's doing. He has a voice. Because here's the thing. Kenneth Branagh, fantastic British actor. Here's the thing that I don't think a lot of people know is that for British actors, it's actually fairly easy to do a Southern accent because the Southern accent is a very direct relative of like a a traditional sort of general British accent. Hmm. What he does here is makes it harder on himself. Because he's not doing any, like, recognizable thing with his voice. We may have lost the war, but heaven knows we haven't lost our sense of humor. Not even when we lost a lung, a spleen, a bladder, two legs, 35 feet of small intestine, and our ability to reproduce all in the name of the South. Do we ever lose our sense of humor? 
He's not. He's doing like a foghorn leg horn kind of like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Real chicken hen kind of weird southern accent. He looks like he's dressed for what we do in the shadows. You know what I mean? Like, this costume is bananas. Whatever wig they picked out for him is so bad. Facial hair hurts. Oh, his facial hair looks like a tribal tattoo. (laughs) You know? Like if you shifted it sideways, he yeah. would be Mike Tyson. <laughs> Absolutely. It, definitely, it looks like Mike, Ta- Mike Tyson's face tattoo. Everything about this character is so fucking bananas. And we haven't even talked about the giant spider. We haven't even talked about this John okay, Peters okay, bullshit. Okay. Let's, let's, call, let's do our lovelesses before we get into the spider. Okay. So uh, you're up. I am up. Okay. So I picked a wacky pants choice. Great. But I love it. Great. Because this man has proven himself to be a wonderful actor, but also entirely capable of insanity. Yeah. And I want him to bring a controlled insanity to my wild, wild west. I picked Justin Thoreau. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Who you've said would do any movie for a pizza. <laughs> you have <laughs> on record claimed that Justin Thoreau I imagine, would be in anything. I just imagine he's so game that if – like <clears throat> he takes stuff like The Leftovers because it's like, yeah, this is like an interesting project for me to sink my teeth into. Yeah. But back in the day when he was like the DJ in Zoolander, I bet Ben Stiller just called him up and was like, man, you want to come for the craft services? And he was like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I, the weird thing is, like, I see it. I, I see yeah, it. Yeah. I think, I think he could do it. Yeah. I like Justin Thoreau. I think that's an interesting choice because he can be very he, – he can be a really serious, deep actor, mm-hmm. but also kind of, you know, play it a little, you know, kind of wild, kind of fun. He, he's really charismatic. So I, I think it's a – I think it's a good choice. Thank you. I had to go so far away from this version <laughs> that it would almost be unrecognizable. But what I liked about – I can't wait. What I liked about the character and I and I went back to try and see like this character is based on a real character from the TV show that mm-hmm. was played by an actor who happened to be a little person. And that to me was like, oh, maybe I should like try and like do something more similar to that. But then I thought about it and it sort of felt like his physical appearance was kind of like a like a sideshow aspect to the character. Mm. Like it was almost what's the word I'm looking for? It was almost a novelty that he happened to be a little person. Okay. So I was like, okay, maybe I don't have to do that. We've it, yes. This it, this is something we discussed in yeah. a in a previous episode as as So the thing that I latched troubling. Yes. So the thing I latched onto was that Loveless has to just be really really cerebral. Like he just has to be really cunning. And really smart and really Cunning. Yeah, he has to sort of be a brainy bad guy because he to do something like sell off the United States, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that would be the first. I don't know what you would do like <laughs> um, sell the United States. Um, I wanted to pick an actor who I thought could play um, a more reserved Loveless, but while still having a really high intelligence to him, mm-hmm. someone who would be like a more cunning bad guy and say like a, a spy espionage thriller. So I went with okay. Michael Stahlberg. Okay. From a serious yeah. man, a very serious man a for a very serious, serious version of this movie. I want to say though, I will have Drew Hill back to do the soundtrack. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Big Will, Drew Hill. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, if you ask me, I know. You don't have to put this in here, but I know all the words to that song, and I'm mildly proud about it. Some um, part of me wishes that we just recast the DVD of Will Smith's greatest hits. <laughs> I feel like that would have been a lot better. There was a point in my life where I was like, I'm just going to put this in and watch this beginning to end. <laughs> you know what? It, it, not all knights are winners, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, Oh, boy. Yeah, no, I think a, a very serious choice for a very serious right. movie. Um, I feel like our only question then after after our t- seeing our cast, our only question about the cast is which movie should get made? I don't a know. A very serious version. Here's the thing that kind of bugs me. I feel like if this movie was made entirely straight, just completely serious, you can't call it Wild Wild West. It's definitely a bad title for the kind of spy aspect of what it's supposed to be, which is pr- maybe what maybe that's the the 
the genesis of all of this property's problems because mm-hmm. you have a title called Wild Wild West. It's going to be a fun, like, kooky adventure. But then it's like... It, and it's like wild, but is it like wild, wild? And is it like wild, wild, wild? <laughs> You know, <laughs> like nothing about this really screamed the West to me because half the movie takes place in Louisiana. Well, no, because it's a play on the on his name. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the truth. All right. Well, let's get to uh, Bernard Pepper and then and <gasps> then continue to tear this movie apart. Barry, Barry. Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? I thought this was a pretty simple one. <clears throat> What'd you do? I made him the president. Oh, interesting. I he's a little more. That. <laughs> so Grant, you know, Grant's a, Grant was a notorious drinker. And so he had a lot oh. more weight on him. Well, um, if I lived through the Civil War, I think I also probably would have. I know. It's so funny that they were like, we've kept records of how much Ulysses S. Grant drank. It's like everyone drank. No one wanted yeah, to be we, alive back then. We can't fault. We can't fault him <laughs> for this at all. Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, B Peps probably had to, you know, wear a little padding, but uh, I thought it would just be fun to have him play kind of a historical figure. You don't think he could sort of bulk? Well, it's not, it's not like muscle. It's just, it's just weight. It's like girth. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. I, I, I cast him as Coleman. Because I think he does clearly uh, have a sort of like old Westy type about him. The train conductor. If he was the sort of wise cracking train mm. conductor. Okay. Interesting. All right. Yeah. I like how we took two different variations of this movie. Like, yeah, this you're was trying fun. to you're trying to save the action adventure aspect of yeah. this movie. It's because I believe in it so much, and I'm trying to strip it all away and just be like, let's just let's just do something. I just haven't had a decent night's sleep since the Mummy, <laughs> and I I oh, gosh, I need an action adventure movie. Oh, <laughs> wait, the Brendan Fraser Mummy? Like, yeah, like oh. I saw that, and I was like, man, when are we gonna get the next? <laughs> when are we gonna get the next hit? And then uh. here we are. 20 years later. Still looking, still searching for that true love. <laughs> I don't love anybody the way I love Brendan Fraser and the mummy. Okay. I, I mean, I've talked about a lot of the things that are in my notes. Like okay. the pacing of this movie is a complete disaster. I don't know how this movie is not 20 minutes shorter, just simply on timing cuts alone. Yeah. The music cues are bananas. They start way too early or way too late or they don't come in at all like Mm -hmm. there's an entire action scene where i think it's at the end where jim is like kicking the crap out of like three mutant engineers of the spider i think it's this moment i could be mistaken but there is an action scene where he's fighting a bunch of bad guys and there's just no music Mm. there's no like inspiring kind of action like orchestra accompanying the scene it's just fucking silent and it it's bewildering to me yeah oh my god okay so let's let's just speak quickly about the giant mechanical spider yeah which if you want to hear a much better told version of how this went down go listen to the wild wild west episode of how did this get made because kevin smith will tell it in its entirety he he also tells it originally on an evening with kevin smith which is sort of like his version of stand-up he's just sort of storytelling but essentially John Peters, the producer of this movie, who used to be Barbara Streisand's hairdresser. And who is illiterate. Wanted to make a Superman movie wherein Superman would fight a giant mechanical spider, which had nothing to do with the story whatsoever. It was just one of his dictated notes to Kevin Smith. Mm -hmm. The movie ends up not getting made. um, And then lo and behold, this – the spider appears in this movie. Yes. And there's no re- – again, it's just like this is a movie with choices that don't need to be made at all. Like and at because all. Because even in the steampunk of it all, it's too much. It just is insane. It's too much. There's a moment where like Gordon is like, I have an idea how to stop Loveless. We build a flying machine. <laughs> we build an old-timey Leonardo Ooh. da Vinci flying machine to get – to the spider mm-hmm. and Jim is like no we don't have time for that shit and then two hours later he, after Loveless is on the move and the spider he's like hey do we still have time to build that flying machine <laughs> you know listen can you just whip it up real quick which is if I'm to be believed is how my movie will go every oh god every single time um 
dang it. I forgot what I was going to say. I had like a final thing. Oh, I was going to say that. Honestly, this is the part I'm the most excited for, because even though we can't hear it, you're listening to one of the finest pieces of soundtrack music I've ever heard in my life. This song also won a Razzie. Which is insane because it's good. Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider. No, you don't want nada. None of this. Six gunning this, brother running this. Buffalo soldier. Look, it's like I told you. Any damsel that's in distress. Be out of that dress when she meet Jim West. Rough neck, so go check the law on the vibe. Watch your step reflex and get a hole in your side. Swallow your pride. Don't let your lip react. You don't want to see my hand where my hip be at. With Artemis from the start of this. Running the game. James West, taming the West. So remember the name. This song is the only reason people saw this movie. Yes, because you show up for a Will Smith banger. <laughs> you show up. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as you're enjoying the musical stylings of Cisco. Um, if you like this episode, please check out next week's episode. It's going to be great. We have a great movie lined up for you. Please check out our past episodes. Tell your friends about us. Rate. Subscribe. You know what? We should. If you rate, we should start shouting out these people who, oh. who give us... Uh, uh, okay. Why not? Other podcast sure. Sure. Well, whatever. Kenna, where can the people find us online? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like Brian said, just stop by and leave us a rating and review. That's the best way to help us out. I mean, telling somebody and then forcing them to put their headphones into their ears and listening to it is probably the best thing you could do. But second to that is just leaving us a rating and review. You can also now find us on Ko-fi where you can make a very small donation to help us keep making this beautiful podcast. That link is in our description and all over Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, you can follow us on social media at the Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. You can follow us individually because Brian made a very serious movie and I did not. That's right. At Flynn B and at Kinetrit. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. May I make one request? That she aim at my heart, my heart, which has loved this country so much. Shoot him in the head. Damn.